Welcome to the EFM Morning Brief. It's your quick way to get up to speed of what's going on in the market and find out the latest news and hear what's going on today. My name is Wendy Mitchell. I'm a film journalist and consultant. I'm thrilled to be your host. Uh, today, I'm joined by a very special guest who is Eric Kohn, Vice President of Editorial Strategy for IndieWire, based in New York, I believe, Eric. Is that correct? Um, here in Queens, but oh. Berlin and <laughs> Fantastic. Queens in the house. Um, so, Eric, you've been following Berlin online uh, this year. So, what would you say? Have there been buzzy films that you've taken notice of, um, either that have stood out to critics or to buyers? Yeah, I mean, it's not a, a big year, I would say, for the kinds of films that might be really generating the kind of excitement that you'd expect to kind of carry throughout the year. But in some ways, that's better, because I think there's more room for discovery. I do think that Claire Denis' new film, Fire, with Julie Binoche and Vincent Linden played pretty well. Uh, Peter Strickland's new movie, Flux Gourmet, I'm very excited to uh, check that one out, although I haven't had a chance to see it yet. My understanding is it's about a lot of petty squabbles at a culinary institute, which just sounds like a lot of fun. And um, I recently saw Ulrich Seidel's new film, Ramini, which is this really um, heartbreaking story of a, loud, a lounge singer played by Michael Thomas. And uh, Seidel is the kind of filmmaker who is both a provocateur and sort of a sentimentalist at heart. And I feel like this movie had that kind of balance in play. So seeing this kind of range of films, these are not obvious commercial hits. But frankly, that's what I think Berlin is really good at, is launching more of a kind of an art house sensibility in between the kind of loudness of Cannes and what Sundance does for us on, on the American side. Great. Speaking of that American side, um, I think we, it's safe to say there are fewer American industry execs on the ground here. I know there's still a few, um, but what would you say, does it feel busy with U.S. activity here, either U.S. buyers or some, some strong U.S. films in the selection? I think the buyers are watching everything. The same reason why they were watching everything with the virtual edition of Sundance, which is that they everybody needs films. Every, there's a, there's a, a tremendous desire to see everything that you possibly can to fill these gaps in the market. And it's it's so unpredictable now, obviously, because a lot of people want to get the theaters up and running. But at the same time, there's a, a lot of VOD uh, demand as well. And so the, the buyers are watching everything. I think on, in terms of the American films at the festival, as, as usual with Berlin, you're not seeing a big sort of uh, launch pad for American films. You're also not seeing what we've had in the past with um, some higher profile American films that may have launched elsewhere, like uh, Wes Anderson or even A First Cow. It's not really that kind of year per se, but you are seeing some of the films that popped at Sundance continuing to move along. So good luck, Leo Grand was one that, that played quite well with uh, with Emma Thompson at Sundance and got picked up by Searchlight, which is uh, really a, a Hulu entity in certain ways now. And so it's interesting to see this film that in some ways is destined for a VOD release here in the U.S., continue to have a kind of a higher profile festival presence. And I'll be curious to see how uh, 
the Berlin market is is receiving it. Yeah, I, I have to. I can exclusively reveal that Emma Thompson is here in Berlin. She is having the time of her life, wearing an amazing pink blazer, and you know because the film went down so well at Sundance, but of course that was online. So this is the first time I think she's been able to see it with the audience and do, do a press conference. Uh, she's having a blast. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's going to be a big movie for her. I mean, it's a, it's it's very awards friendly. You know, the headlines will tell you that she bears it all, but that doesn't really get at the essence of what this performance is. That's this very fragile widow who's trying to sort of get in touch with her sexual identity and, and move past certain periods of her life. So, you know, it's hard to get people to see movies based on that description, but the red carpet stuff and the buzz of the festival scene is going to make a difference in that respect. Great. I, I love this film. I want everybody to see it. Um, what's IndieBio been writing about uh, this week? Are there any sort of trends or sort of think pieces that you've been investigating about Time to Berlin and the EFM? Yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing to think to, to recognize here is that there's a couple of different news cycles going on at, at once, which is which is normal. And it's nice to have that sense of normalcy. There's there's the festival world and then there's the award season. So we got Oscar nominations on Tuesday. We've been living in Oscar land and so have I know several people in Berlin, including Ryusuke Hamaguchi, who had got four Oscar nominations for Drive My Car and is on the jury headed by M. Night Shyamalan. I think that's a fascinating sort of convergence one thing that I've been looking at is how do an art house films, what we call art house films here in the U.S., that, that seem like they might be hard sells, sort of cross over into the broader conversation. Drive My Car is this amazing case study, given that it launched at uh, Cannes last July and has gone on now this, this past week to gross over a million dollars domestically, is still selling abroad. You have Match Factory in Berlin repping that film among other titles. Match Factory was recently bought by Mubi. So you see a lot of really interesting things happening, I think, in terms of a convergence of resources to help art house kinds of films survive that are directly related to the way Berlin is introducing these films to uh, audiences all over the world. Now, as usual, people say at EFM, people are taking meetings uh, to pre prepare for Cannes and assuming that you know, we are on schedule to have can happen in May for the first time since 2019, which would be very exciting. If so fingers crossed and all that. I think there's going to be a lot of sort of anticipation around what that's going to meet me. You know, after uh, 2020, it was like, what's this year's parasite? Now it's going to be what's this year's drive my car, which is crazy because that's a three hour, very talky movie. But that's it tells you something. It tells you that there is just so much uncertainty around what kinds of movies can work and a lot of room for experimentation. I think that's a really great thought as, you know, like you said, it can be a festival of discovery. It can be a festival where Emma Thompson is on the red carpet. It can be where the next uh, art house foreign language hit can take off. Uh, so Eric, just great perceptions uh, of the festival and the market so far. We'll, we'll keep covering IndieWire as, as the festival plays out. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us, Eric, and giving us some thoughts. My pleasure. Stay warm over there. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. I think there's a lot to love in the EFM program today. The European Film Forum starts off at 9.30 this morning. Berlin time has the very important topic this year of working towards a climate-neutral audiovisual sector. We all need to be better about going green, so that'll be a, a, a crucial talk to, to hear. 
Today is also the day that the Berlinale Series Market Conference kicks off. EFM head Dennis Rohr starts that at 10 a.m., followed by an opening talk called Mission Europe, How Local Markets Muscle Up. Uh, and that session is co-hosted with Film and Median Stiftung NRW. There are a lot of great talks in the series program. Uh, just one to mention is Up Next Germany, a showcase of new German projects. Another EFM session to mention is Framing of Us. This is in collaboration of IDFA. It's uh, talking to creatives of color, reflecting on their own funding journeys. And I, I think this one will be a really creative approach to, to even the presentation of the, the session because there'll be some reenactments of people who wanted to tell their story more anonymously. Another topic I'm really personally uh, invested in is talking about mental health in our industries. I will certainly be tuning in to the session called Time to Change, Improving Mental Health Strategies in the Industry. That's at 1 p.m. Berlin time. It's our morning brief friend, Diana Lauterhose from Deadline, moderating that with two very forward thinkers in this space, Sarah Mossis from Together Films and Rebecca Day from Film in Mind. Uh, just one final one to mention at 4 p.m. is a session called Mapping the Way, which sounds like it will be rather groundbreaking. It's 11 ideas from international startup entrepreneurs. Sounds like something to push us into the future. So do tune into that. Thanks again for joining us at the EFM Morning Brief. And I hope you have a very productive and inspiring day. And we'll be back tomorrow morning. Tomorrow.